So if you're not exceptional at social media marketing, then you better be out networking in person. Learn modern marketing that you can use to grow your business in today's competitive landscape. This is Digital Marketing Masters with Matt Rouse and Jeremy Marcotte. Welcome to Digital Marketing Masters. I'm your host, Jeremy Marcotte, and I'm here with Matt Rouse. Say hi, Matt. Hey, Jeremy. Hey, so it's a new year. It is. It's 2020, the year of vision. God, I don't want to say (laughs) (laughs) It's the year of vision. You're going to hear that so often this year. We figured we might as well get it out of the way now. Just kick it off. And then we don't have to worry about it. So today I want to talk about three things that small businesses should pay attention to in 2020. The That's year right. of vision. Dun, dun. So <laughs> it's going to be a quick and dirty one. Let's just get into it. First thing that they should pay attention to is cyber security. Cyber security in 2020 is going to be a nightmare. Yeah, there you have it. <laughs> there are phishing schemes. There are fake URLs. There's anything under the sun. So let's talk at about this point. a few of those things. Uh, phishing schemes that you mentioned right off the bat are getting much better. more advanced. <laughs> yeah, and much better. So. When it used to be, you just get an email like, you know, from some African prince who needs your help to get his money out of the country. His name is Habib and he loves me. He loves you or, or, you know, Dr. Brown is a wizard and he can help you get your your lover back. Obviously, those were designed (laughs) for people who would fall for those kind of things. And that's why they worked is because if you send an email to 30 million people, three of them are going to be gullible enough to fall for it. And that's how they made their money. Right. Now, not so much. Now they're sending like emails about how maybe your Amazon Web Services account hasn't been paid and your website is going to go down and it looks like an Amazon link and the email is identical to the ones that Amazon Web Services actually sends out. Or it could be from your hosting company. You know, it looks like it's from your hosting company. You really need to be careful with what you're clicking on, especially if it has anything to do with payments. Most of the time, it's an email like, hey, uh, this service is going to be shut off if you don't make this back payment of $24 now or whatever, or you owe $423 on your SMS texting account. Or, right. And it's never know. a big number. It's not a big m- number anymore because they know well, that it those- it is sometimes. For corporations, it might be. Well, okay. But for, for regular Joe, right, it's going to be the $24.99 or $24.95 or something because a lot of us make a payment that's about that much a month. So use that lower dollar amount, get them to click the link, and then copy their keystrokes for the next month and a half and do what you want. It's a true story. This is another kind of phishing scheme. They will spoof an email that comes from an email address that is the same as your company's email address. So it looks like it comes from someone in your company. What they'll do is they'll research who is the CEO of the company or who's in charge of something. Maybe it's a CTO or something. And then they'll send an email from that person to the CFO or somebody in finance. Mm -hmm. And they'll be like, I need you to wire $100,000 to this account right away. We have a big problem we got to take care of. And then once they wire the money, which someone did at a company, (laughs) and then they get another email, oh, I need to send 200,000, sorry, so could you send another 100,000 right away? And then they called and they said, hey, you know, we just sent $100,000 to that address you sent me, but now you want me to send another 100,000 or you want me to send another 200,000? And the CEO's like, I didn't ask you to send any money to anybody. You know, so email spoofing, 
that's a big scale one, but it happens all the time. It could be for small things. Could be like file access. Could be passwords. Don't use this as an example of things to do. Right. There's another thing called dark web searches. Dark web searches are where passwords that have been compromised from other places, like other companies in the past, show up on lists that people can purchase or that they can use to log into your stuff because you haven't changed your passwords. What? So IT company like James Hansen and um, like Blue Arch Technologies, um, those are a couple locals. They can do dark web searches see if there's passwords out there, log in the passwords. You can also get things that are, uh, they call them hardware appliances, and they can see all of the internet traffic coming into your business and scan it as it comes in to see if it contains things like phishing emails or malicious software and, and all kinds of things like that. Right. Now, last thing about cybersecurity, and this is probably the worst thing, is encryption just for malware or virus, I'll just, you know, I'm not going to differentiate what it is. Basically, somebody sends you a link or something. It looks like it came from someone in your company or from somebody a trusted, trusted provider, right. right? Maybe it looks like it came from one of your vendors. They'll be like, hey, here's that invoice receipt you asked for. And you open the document and it starts encrypting all your files. Mm -hmm. And then they want you to pay. Five Send to $10,000. five Bitcoins to get your file decryption key. So what you need is you need a service that holds all of your data that has encryption protection, where either there's an offsite backup or there's um, protection where it can detect that stuff's starting to get encrypted and stop it. There is also kind of the flip side of that is having your own encryption protection. And that is your laptops, mobile devices, stuff like that can be encrypted so that if they get lost or stolen, no one can open them up and get your company data. Hmm. So those are all cybersecurity related things that I would be worried about in 2020. Even if you're a small business, I mean, you can take advantage of things like like if you have like a file system account, like a cloud file service, you know, like a OneDrive, I know has file encryption protection. If you have a paid account where, you know, if all your files get encrypted, they can give you a backup that's unencrypted. And so there's other services you can use for small businesses. Use strong passwords. Your password shouldn't be your dog name plus your date of birth, you know, and a exclamation point at the end. Username should not be username. Yeah, don't make your username admin or the name of your company. You know, <laughs> or you should be name. using strong passwords and best case, use something like LastPass that will hold all your passwords mm -hmm. and have LastPass decide what the password is so you don't even know what the password is. Right. And it's encrypted. It's encrypted, it's and stored somewhere. You're the only one that can get to it. Yep. And no one can steal your password from you because you don't even know what the password is because yeah, yeah. you use that system to do all your logins. Go back to the 70s and 80s or whatever. Somebody needs information. They just torture you for it. That's right. They, they still they couldn't even torture it they, out of you. They can't torture it out of you. And it's not on a sticky note underneath your desk. <laughs> all right. Welcome to 2020, the year of torture and cybersecurity. That's right. Uh, so there you have it. Cybersecurity. Pay attention to it. If you don't have anything in place to help mitigate that, you should probably talk to your local IT professional. Or like we said, there's James Hansen here locally, Blue Arch Technologies, nerds to go There's, you know, there's places that you can go. And now a quick break. Digital Marketing Masters will be right back. Are you ready to stop grinding and start making an impact? 
Are you tired of working long hours and not growing your business? Get Matt's new book, Flattening the Hamster Wheel, on Amazon now. Just go to hook2.us slash hamster. That's H-O-O-K-T-O dot U-S forward slash H-A-M-S-T-E-R. So three things small business owners should pay attention to in 2020. Number two is B2B networking. So this one, this one's interesting because a lot of people think that their networking, their marketing and everything needs to come from them behind a computer on their phone, doing the Twitter, the Insta Twitter, whatever, right? So all of your social platforms, it's really, really hard to build a community and a business from behind the computer. You need to get out and do in-person networking. So for me specifically, I do that through the local chamber of commerce. I do that in happy hours that are put on by different community members to get out there and meet people. And I do that through B&I. Get out there, actually get to know people, go to different social events, go to different classes that are being taught. Even if you know Everything about that class, go to the class to meet people. It's really simple. The best way, the easiest way to build a business is to be in front of people, having coffee with people, talking with people, not sitting behind your keyboard, being a keyboard warrior at times, or, you know, just posting images on Instagram and stuff like that and hoping for the best. The best way to do business to business marketing is to be out there talking to other business owners. Yeah, without a lot of experience and kind of a lot of, of research and studying and practice, it's going to be really difficult these days for anyone to find any kind of introduction to new people through a social media platform. If your business is posting on Facebook or you're on Instagram, it is unlikely, extremely unlikely that another potential customer is going to see your information. And the only way that's going to happen is if one of the people who already follows you shares that information. And it's difficult to make things that are shareable. People are, they're kind of over it, right? So it has to be exceptional. So if you're not exceptional at social media marketing, then you better be out networking in person, right? They say the opposite of networking is not working. What? And if you don't network and get out there, then you probably won't be working too terribly long. Um, <laughs> working much longer. <laughs> so people think about it and like, oh man, I have to get dressed and, you know, put on my game face and stuff like that. And there are absolutely times where that needs to happen. But for the most part, if your business isn't one where you need to be in a suit and tie every day, or you need to, you know, look your best every day, then you can get away with casual wear, casual clothes. Uh, if you're female, light makeup, if you need it, a lot of times you don't really. It doesn't necessarily have to be a formalized networking group. Right. It could be, book club. you know, yeah, book club, Christmas party, knitting circle. There's all kinds of ways to go out and connect with people. It's going to depend who your clients are. But another thing that you can find in networking groups is vendors. Maybe you can find an insurance agent who's going to give you a better deal on your balloon policy or your workers comp or something, right? Or you can find maybe a commercial real estate agent who's going to help you find a better facility or there's all kinds of ways that you can save money and, you know, make connections with people. And those referrals, once people get to know you and like, you know, everybody says no, like, and trust no all like the time, and trust. but it's true. The reason everybody says it all the time is because it's true. Yep. 
It really is. It is. It is. So what's number three? The third thing is investing in local marketing. We talked about it uh, an episode or two ago where we were discussing people spending all the money on the tools, right? Marketing tools and stuff like that. And, and they're not spending money on actual marketing. And that's the kicker is, let's say you have a, a product that you can sell worldwide, nationwide, whatever, so right? Direct, uh, direct consumer, consumer, right? It's not necessarily the smartest thing if you're starting on a shoestring budget. Let's say you've bootstrapped this yourself. You've got twenty dollars to $30,000 to last you six months to a year, whatever, right? It's not going to be not necessarily going to be the best uh, use of your money to do a national ad campaign or a national something to try to find your customer. You're going to get much more bang for your buck and be able to test out different, let's use ads specifically pay-per-click. You'll be able to test out different keywords, test out different demographics and stuff like that to be able to see what's going to work. Yeah, and you can make smaller localized test groups. Right. And then once it works... Then start pumping more budget into it, start spreading out that service area and stuff like that. But it's not just the advertising side of it. It's the local SEO too. So it's spend the money or spend the time rather to make sure that your Google My Business is up to date and everything's filled in and make sure that you're making posts on it. They don't have to be like Facebook posts. You don't have to post every day. You go in you make a post that's relevant to your business with an image that's relevant to your business and you post that on Google through Google My Business. Right. And it just helps give you more domain authority. There is a lot of, I wouldn't say it's bad advice. There's a lot of advice that business owners are following because that advice was some something that someone gave someone that worked five years ago and then it was parroted over and over and over and over on the internet. And now they're still using the same advice about Facebook from four or five years ago, which engagement four or five years ago on Facebook, if you had a business page, you would post something and Everybody people who didn't it. follow you would even see some of it, right? But now your engagement is, in some cases, it's less than 1%. So if you have a thousand followers, less than 10 people are going to see it. And those 10 people are the ones who already follow you the most often and are not the people you're trying to reach anyway. It's probably your mom, your cousin, and three of your employees and a couple other people. You know, spouse, right? kids, right? So fake accounts you've made for those people as well. But talking about tools... <laughs> It's okay to buy marketing tools to help you do marketing, right? But you shouldn't have a $200 a month AdWords tools to manage $200 a month in ads. Right. You should just spend $400 on ads, right? Or if you have more budget, you know, then of course you can you can buy tools if, if it's going to fit in the budget. But if you're a smaller business, that's going to be difficult. But any size of business that has either a physical location or they sell things in a particular region, mm-hmm. should be heavily investing in local marketing. And that local marketing should be more than just some Facebook ads or something. It right. should be Google My Business, uh, local SEO. It should be getting on Bing places and Yahoo places. Most advertising platforms now allow you to localize your ads as small as, you know, a kilometer. If you have some larger budgets, you could do some geofencing stuff. You know, if you got $1,000 a month or more you can spend, you can get a geofence that can cut down to the size of a building. So there's lots of local marketing options you can have. You can actually lease space in local newsletters. You can do digital billboard. You can, there's all kinds of things you can do that are localized. And honestly, a lot of people do certain types of marketing because they're easy. So 
buying a billboard for $3,000 on the street near your business is easy. Is it going to drive business? Probably not. Is it going to drive business if you're also running a localized ad on Google and Facebook? Probably. Because it's the combination that brings in the business, not the billboard. So on, on the billboard side of things, don't necessarily get into something yourself because the companies that make those, they're out to sell ad space, gigantic ad space on the side of a road, and they're going to lock you into a contract at $1,000, $2,000 a month or every three months or whatever the case is. So talk to your local ad agencies because they have the connections inside of those larger right. companies. Right, it doesn't even have to be billboard. It could be anything, right? It right. could be newsletters that are local. It could be a localized events. It could be getting space at trade shows. There's all kinds of local marketing things that you can do. A local agency is definitely going to help if you have the budget for it. Generally, I mean, you need about, you know, a marketing budget of at least $1,000 a month or more if you're going to engage with any kind of agency. The ones that aren't going to just take your money and, yeah. like, peace out. Right. So $1,000 is going to be the, the good start for being able to make sure that you're talking to somebody local that's not, you know, a phone center in India. Right. If you're like a small local business, you know, if you're a larger business and you have a larger marketing budget, then it's going to be more about kind of interviewing agencies to see which kind of is a good fit for your business and that has a good process and, and you know, a good track record on what they could do for you. But I think local marketing is going to be where it's at. A lot of people spend a lot of time doing things like posting on Instagram and Facebook and Pinterest and, you know, even now, you know, TikTok and stuff like that. But they're not localizing the marketing. So they're trying to yell at the whole world when most of the people who do business with them live within two or three miles. Right. So stop yelling and start whispering. That's right. Whisper to the right audience. Stop yelling at everybody. That's true. The guy on the side of the street carrying his Bible and yelling you, yelling you at you that the uh, the end is, nigh. is coming. The end of his nigh doesn't get across to very many people, but that guy that's down in Portland selling incense to help his church, he talks to a lot more people. I've never seen that guy. Really? I buy incense from him almost every time I'm down at the Portland Saturday Market. Really? Yeah. Every time I go downtown, I see the Unipiper like almost every time. Uh, yeah, he was at the zoo last time I saw him. If you don't know who the Unipiper is, Google that. You should Google that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a Portland thing. It's amazing. Anyway, so there you have it. Three things to watch for. And of course, that's the high level three things, but three things to watch for as a business owner in 2020. Actually, there is a fourth thing and we'll just kind of give the bonus one. Bonus. Right. Podcasts obviously are getting huge. There is a podcast usually for you know, every industry, like an industry specific podcast. And I would suggest, you know, podcasts like this is great because we have lots of different guests and stuff on. We talk about different industries so you can kind of get a good general knowledge. Uh, you can also go out and look for a podcast for your own industry. And if your industry is just German polka music, there's a podcast for that. You know, it's, it's gotten to the point that there's about a million podcasts right now. About 40% of those are updated on a weekly basis. So if there's something that, you know, is industry specific that you'd like to learn more about, that'd be a great place to start. And uh, another thing, if you have a good business story that, you know, you think our listeners would like to hear, or if you have something to contribute to kind of an entrepreneurial small business community, then uh, reach out to us and we'd love to have you on the show. Absolutely. Yeah. So there you have it. Three things, cybersecurity, B2B networking, and local advertising and marketing.
Sounds good. And have a great 2020. 2020. Year of vision. Nailed it. 2020. Year of vision. This has been Digital Marketing Masters with Matt Rouse and Jeremy Markoff. For notes and a transcript of this episode, go to hookseo.com forward slash podcast. Now stay tuned for a preview of our next episode of Digital Marketing Masters. Join us next time as Matt and Jeremy share clips and insights from their top three favorite episodes of the first 50 Digital Marketing Masters podcasts. Digital Marketing Masters is brought to you by Hook SEO Digital Marketing. Our show is produced by Matthew Rouse and Scott Burson, mixed and edited by Silent Outburst Productions. I'm your announcer, Daniel D. Craig. We would love to hear your thoughts. Please leave us an honest review with your podcast provider. Your reviews help us help more business leaders just like you.